Hey, hello friends, and welcome to this message which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Five domains, the five domains of a disciple. Uh, we could call them, <clears throat> um, we could use the word power. Five areas of power that a believer functions in, a fully functional, fully fruitful believer functions in five areas of power, five areas of influence, five areas of dominion and rulership. Hallelujah. Let's go through them quickly as a meditation. Number one is the rule of self, the dominion over yourself. The first conquest, indeed, friends, is ourselves. The first conquest, the first rulership, is the rule over your own soul, over your own body, and over your own spirit. Proverbs chapter 25 and I'm going to try and see here if I could um, demos, d display these uh, verses. Uh, Proverbs 25 and verse 28. Um, um, the Bible says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. My God. What a powerful statement. Whoever, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Uh, here are two ideas. The first idea is rulership, dominion, governance, order. Now, a man is tripartite just like God, spirit, soul, and body. And each one of those spheres of our being must come under some level of governance and rulership by myself. I must learn to rule my spirit. I must learn to rule my soul and I must learn to rule my body. Now, the sovereign of that rulership is the human will. The human will. God created man a ruler. God created you a king. And the first territory you must conquer is your own body. From the time that a baby is born out of the womb, they begin their quest for dominion. And you notice and observe as a child is growing that they are seeking for dominion. Recently, as we were preparing for our one of our courses that we're going to put online, is empowering parents to support children who have learning obstacles. And you cannot support them unless you understand their developmental process. 
but it made me appreciate the fact that I'm sitting here speaking ably, able to move my arms. But what you are seeing here is a product, product of dominion. Children from day one begin to master areas of cognition. Thinking is a domain. Thoughts are a domain. Language and speech is a domain. Sight is a domain. Hearing is a domain. And children begin at some point to notice sounds and to tell differences between sounds and to know the voice of the mother. They begin to, to grasp, to reach out. There's what they call uh, motor, motor skills, uh, movement skills, the capacity to reach out with the hand and then the capacity to hold with the fingers, to hold with the fingers. All those are skills and every one of them is a victory. It's a domain. And children finally conquer and stand up on their feet after they have crawled and cruised. Finally, they rise up and stand. And that is victory. That is domain. You must master your own body growing up. You must find your fingers, find your feet, find your knees. Begin to locomote and move. Begin to eat. Begin to... To, to verbalize and to frame words, begin to sing and recognize music, begin to run and jump. All these areas are conquests. Conquests in the mind, conquests in the soul. I was actually fascinated to learn that when a child is growing uh, the, and they fixate on the mother, when the mother leaves the room, in their mind, they have no understanding of that event initially. It's like, whoa. Where did she go? Where did she go? And so children begin to cry because they are saying, she's gone. She's never going to come back again. And then they see the mother return and say, huh? They are back. Even that is a process in which a child finally appreciates that the person leaving the room does not mean they have disappeared off the, the face of the, of the earth. Dominion, my friend. Dominion. You are a walking domain. You are a walking ruler. You are a walking um, um, amassment of victories. These are victories. <laughs> you are a walking trophy of victories. You have conquered. You are here because you have conquered. You have won. And you must continue to win. And according to Proverbs, if you fail to master that, hmm, Let's read that verse again. Whoever has no rule over his spirit. Now, we can easily master our bodies in movement, but the, the greater conquests are conquests of the mind and then conquests of the spirit man. And bringing your spirit and presenting it to Christ for salvation is a huge conquest. And then now that you are in the Lord, to master your spirit, to know how to summon your spirit into worship, I watch people in church sitting there unable to join the worship because they cannot master their spirit. They cannot summon their spirit to worship and they are waiting for something to happen. And so, as someone else is in the corner, hands raised from the first song and somebody else is still gathering their mind and gathering their body and, and we must learn to rule over our spirit to learn how to move from zero to a hundred in two minutes. We need to learn how to speak in tongues at will. We need to learn how to move into the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment of spirits, healing of the sick, by will. 
And this is all rulership over our spirit because the spirit of God equips you for dominion, but he cannot do the work for you. You must learn to rule over your spirit. If you don't, you are like a city broken down without walls. What does that mean? You become vulnerable to events, to circumstances, to scenarios. And yes, troubles do come on earth, but we should not be like broken cities that have no defense. I want to read a couple other verses and, and speed this up. 1 Timothy 3.1, I hope I put that up as well, 1 Timothy 3.1, it says, This is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Continue, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? These are um, qualifications of a bishop, but they speak broader and wider into the whole human experience. All the virtues that we read there are virtues of dom dominion. It's about um, governing yourself. When you aspire to become an overseer or, or a bishop, uh, in that sense, the Bible says you must be above reproach, a husband of one wife. All these are self-control issues. They're self-governance. Sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, hmm? good behavior, sober-minded, continue. It goes into temperance. It talks about not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money. All these are governance words. Gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. And when you imagine this, our lives, uh, the elements of our lives must be harnessed together. And you're holding the strings and the ropes to every area of your life. And each one must be under governance, under control to pull back our areas of, of passion and our areas of, of tension and our areas of, uh, of pursuit. Everything must be governed and nothing must own us. And so we, we should have the capacity to say no. We should have the capacity to say enough. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. We rule our own soul. That is the first area of dominion. Bringing your own self under your own rulership. By the grace and by the power of God. Let me move uh, to another verse, 1 Corinthians 9.24. 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? We've just finished the Olympics, and now we are in the Paralympics. Have we finished the Paralympics? I think we've... <laughs> but the incredible discipline that you watch on television as people master their bodies and bring them to subjection. Master their emotions. I watched the marathon. Uh, it was a ladies' marathon. 
and watch the people running in the sweltering heat in, in, the, in that uh, marathon and the commentators remarking and commenting at how incredibly hot it was and to watch people run against odds and to keep positive. You saw some people literally give up and just walk. Um, but you see the level of self-discipline that makes a runner run an athlete jumpers, uh, swimmers. I, I just take my hat off for, to, to some of these guys uh, the, 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 to take a, a medal. And you see somebody winning bronze and rejoicing and you think, oh, you didn't win, my friend, to be the third in the world is <laughs> an incredible achievement. So it says run in such a way that you uh, uh that you win and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. That word again is self-governing in all things. In all things. If you want to win the prize, there must be a temperance. The word temperate is about being balanced. Is about being orderly in all things. Not that they do it to obtain a... Next verse. Uh, to obtain a, uh, are you frozen? Um, okay, it's not showing the whole verse. I think we have a, a display challenge. Do do forgive us, friends. We have a display challenge here. But but um, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Not the, not now. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown, and. One who rules his own house well. Huh? Have I gone wrong there? Um, do, 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 okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not even going to try. Okay, that's the one. Well, this is where we are. Okay. Therefore, I run not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air. Hmm? But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I've preached to others... I myself should become disqualified. Mm. My gosh, powerful, powerful words of self-discipline. Let's move to the second area. So the first conquest in my, is myself. The first city to be taken is city me, city Lincoln, city Pastor Grace, city Pastor Bernard. Mm. You are the first city to fall <laughs> to the uh, disciplines of heaven. And then we go to dominion over nature. I want to speak about dominion over nature. Now remember, in God's commissioning man, he says, let him have dominion over all living things. Over the things that crawl on the ground, the birds that fly in the air, the fish that swim in the sea. So man is given a creation mandate to have domain over nature, to have dominion over the domain of nature. Hallelujah. Psalm 8 and verse 3 to 6. And uh, we will try and display. If it, it doesn't display the full text, please do, do, do bear with us. It's just uh, a setting that we may have to ask Marvin to address. It says, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man? Hmm? What is mankind that you are mindful of him 
Huh? The son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him. By the way, this is not born again man. <laughs> Please understand and these things are so important for us to get straight. Some people think that man only becomes a ruler when he gets saved. No. Man has an innate domin dominion capacity even away from the from uh, the, the grace of God. He is a ruler. You made him a little more than angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. Yeah. And you've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Okay. Uh, let, let me read it. Over the works of your hands, you've put everything under his feet and the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. So, yes, when we fell, we lost expressions of this dominion. And so creation has gone wild. And now when you meet a lion, you are in trouble because it sees you as dinner. But before, lions had no capacity to approach a man. And we shall see when um, finally Christ reestablishes uh, the kingdom on earth that the lion shall lamb lie with the lamb. Uh, that wild carnivorous nature will die away. Uh, but we still have an innate rulership, which is why man uh, still keeps lions and tames lions and hunts lions. There is still an understanding. There are people who literally walk amongst lions. I, I watched the Maasai of Kenya uh, uh, walk towards a, a, a pack of lions, I call it a pride of lions, and drive it off its kill. It was something to watch. Three men, were they three or two, they suddenly stand up straight and walk towards the lions. And they walk with purpose and with focus. And the lions watch them come. <laughs> and the lions are eating a zebra or something, and they are thinking, who is this being walking towards me, not concerned that I will eat them? They must know something I don't know. So lions literally abandon their prey and run because man is a ruler. And of course, when you are ignorant uh, in the pre presence of a lion, you will be eaten for dinner. I'm told that when you meet a lion, you should not run. You should stand in one place <laughs> and the lion will not eat you. I don't, I'm not saying I am volunteering to test it out. But um, it's all about knowledge and understanding how various animals respond to what you do. Uh, but man must have dominion. God gave us dominion over the created realm. In Christ, it is restored. In Christ, we have the capacity to take back dominion over nature. And nature has different expressions. Nature has areas like materials and substances. It has spaces and areas. It has animals and birds. Now, when Jesus came, we see him having dominion over spaces. We see him having dominion over materials. And we can read some of the stories. And now we're not going to go through all the verses. I'll just read them out for you. If you want to make notes, the first miracle of Jesus, he turns water to wine. That was dominion over materials. <laughs> over, over materials. He literally exercised dominion over water. And uh, 
and he turned it to wine. That is dominion. Uh, in the feeding of the thousands, uh, Jesus demonstrates dominion over materials. That is Matthew 14, uh, starting from verse 13. Jesus feeds thousands of people twice by taking bread, breaking it, and multiplying it. And when you look at it, it does not make any sense because usually we want to take a material and process it. So you take flour and you take um, baking powder and whatever else are the ingredients of bread to make bread. No, Jesus was literally making bread out of the air. <laughs> it's dominion over substances. Jesus calmed the storm twice. One in which he was asleep and he wakes up and the disciples are besides themselves. They are terrified and saying, Lord, don't you care that we die? Jesus exercises dominion over the weather elements. He does not say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He speaks directly to the storm as if it has ears. And he says, peace, be still. And the waves stopped and the wind stopped. That was the calming of a storm. And that shows you dominion over creation. Then you have the withering of the... And let's first of all, Jesus walks on water. In Mark chapter 6 verse 45, he walks on water. That defies the laws of flotation. It defies the laws of physics because he's exercising dominion over nature. And then we see the withering of the fig tree. Again, Jesus did not pray to the Father, please wither the tree. He spoke to the tree directly. And there are other interesting stories that you read in the scriptures where men, under the grace of God, spoke and exercised dominion over the elements of the earth. I did not write down the quote uh, for Joshua. Joshua spoke to the Son. Actually, here it is, Joshua 10, verse 1 to 5. Joshua was fighting the battles of the Lord and the sun was going down and he realized there were still too many enemies to destroy and the sun was going too quickly. So he spoke to the sun. <laughs> he spoke to the sun and prophesied to the sun and said, stand still over the valley of, uh, I think it was the valley of Ijalon. He said, stand still because I have enemies to finish here. And the sun did not move. It was dominion over nature. I pray that God stirs up dominion in, in you this year as we walk together that you collect your arsenal of, of rulerships, that you are able to speak to natural phenomena and bring them to an end under the grace of God. He spoke to the sun and it stood still. Even now, uh, I mean, uh, whatever they are called, meteorologists prove through calculation, that there's a lost day. <laughs> there's a lost day in the earth because the sun stands still there. And a couple of other weather events, I mean, uh, meteorological scenarios where men of dominion uh, spoke uh, or prayed and things were changed. In the name of Jesus, mm, I just want to activate right now, in Jesus' name, thank God that... Um, uh, he created us in substance and we, we honor. We need to honor the domain of substances and, 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 um, 
and uh, the reality that, that these, these are realms that are created by God. But we cannot allow ourselves to be confined and constrained by them. Chemicals in the name of Jesus. Chemicals in our bodies. Chemicals in our minds. Chemicals in our food. The Bible promises that we shall drink poisonous things and they shall not harm us. What has happened to the poison? It is a dominion. It is a dominion. Paul was bitten by a snake. Uh, when he landed at an island and he was uh, enjoying a fire and a snake jumped on him and beat him and they waited him for him to swell up and die and nothing happened because there was dominion over that poison. May God have dominion over the chemicals that are bothering you. Some of us are allergic to all kinds of things. May God raise us up in times of worship, in times of prayer, in times of expressing our faith. May God give us dominion over dangerous uh, chemicals. May God speak to our chemical balances. May God speak and address your imbalances in your body. May God bring harmony and healing and wholeness into your being in the name of Jesus. May God grant you dominion over nature. That's what I'm speaking about. It's the second dominion of the children of God. Uh, We also see Samson ruling over a lion. A lion jumped at him and he tore it up because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whom shall I speak and li- or whom shall I live? Talk about Daniel spending a night with the lions. <laughs> Talk about um, Sadrach, Mesach, and Abednego standing in the fire. And the Son of God in, uh, joins them and the chemistry of the whole scenario changes. The whole physics of fire changes. They stand in the fire and have a conversation and they are not burnt. So may God deliver you from natural forces. May God deliver you from natural processes. I'm talking about aging. Hey, as we are hurtling towards our 60 years and you look at your body and, and you need, we need to speak to one another and speak to our bodies and say in Jesus' name, uh, we, we need to call to, to, to stand and rise and believe for, for, for deliverance from, from mere biology and mere chemistry. Jesus, may you sustain our bodies. May you sustain our minds. May you sustain our eyes. May you sustain our joints, sustain our bones. In Jesus' name, may God invade these fears of nature. Number three, dominion over spirits. Dominion over spirits. Luke 10 and verse 18. (laughs) Anti-aging, someone said. Yes, may God give you a facelift. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Dominion over spirits. Luke 10, 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is Jesus. And he said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and it continues beyond this display and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Dominion, power to stamp and to trample upon serpents and scorpions which are pictures of satanic forces and over all, not some, but all. He didn't say, I will give you. He says, I give you. I give it to you now. The authority to overcome demonic powers, to sleep in peace, to wake up in peace, to walk the earth. We are not flats for rent by by demons, occupation 
by demonic forces. Our bodies are the temples of Almighty God. Therefore, we serve eviction notices to every attacking residential squatter. Hmm? Any squatter seeking to come and inhabit your body, torment your family. In the name of Jesus, we come in agreement to drive it out because we have the authority in Jesus' name to trample every snake, every scorpion, to overcome every power, every power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. By any means, by any means, by any means. And I get fed up of the church becoming students of witchcraft and demons and us philosophizing and researching into powers of darkness hmm? instead of just evicting them and driving them out of our spaces. In the name of Jesus, I pray and contend and pray for concerning your life in Jesus' name. May God invade your life, your, your home, your, your sphere with his grace. May you stand and understand. And it comes from understanding that I have authority. And you need to know Satan is a liar. He is a liar. He is a liar. He will bring sensations in your body. He will create movements in your body. All of it to shake your confidence. Because you feel eerie things on your body. Satan is lying to you that he may gain advantage. That he may gain advantage. I mean, imagine that uh, an, an, an insect began to, or insects began to walk over your body. Does that mean they have an authority over you? Sensations in your body do not mean that Satan has authority over you. They don't. And therefore, we rise above them because we have dominion over spirits, all spirits. Jesus demonstrates this dominion from the moment that he began to preach. The Bible says that demon spirits will begin to manifest and live because Jesus is the perfect example of what discipleship looks like. And the demons could not stand his presence. They just had to get out. They just had to live. And he said in Luke eleven twenty, if by the finger of God, finger, not even hand or arm, finger, finger, <laughs> by the finger of God. I will give you a testimony soon. But some time ago, I had illness in my body. And I went to the Lord in prayer. And I said, Lord, what is this? And I had to seek his face. And in a vision, I saw the Lord flick the devil, literally like that, with a finger. Flick him out of my presence. And I thank God that that illness has passed. It has gone away without doctors. By the finger of God, if by the finger of God, Jesus said, I cast out demons. The kingdom of God has come upon you. In Jesus' wonderful name, not even the arm or hand of God, just the finger of Almighty God. Dominion over spirits. May every spirit be bound right now in Jesus' name. Every curse, every sense of, of oppression over your life be completely paralyzed by the grace and power of God. Jesus crossed the, 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 um, the river, uh, the lake, and, and landed in the area of Gadara. And an evil man who had tormented that whole village, taken over a graveyard, uh, felt him coming, felt him coming, and ran to meet him. And as he ran towards Jesus, everybody would have been worried. Say, hey, 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 this guy is going to destroy them. 
Because the Bible says he, he cut himself with stone, he drove people away from there. But when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And the demons begged him to say, Sir, please don't send us from this territory. Don't send us from here. Because he had authority and power over every spirit. And that authority he has given to us and commissioned us to go in his name and have dominion over spirits in the name of Jesus. We should not turn dominion over. We should never turn dominion over. Take a lot of time to meditate on the victory that you have in Christ and the authority that you have in Christ. Even at creation level, man is created greater than the demons. It's created greater than angels. We shall judge angels. And demons are not even at the level of angels. It's not even at the level of angels. Theologians believe demons are much lower functions of the, of, of the spirit realm. And we have authority over them. But when you, are, when you receive the lies of the enemy in your head, you will find that you are overwhelmed by sensations, by dreams, and all kinds of experiences which are there to lie to you so that you may hand over the keys of your dominion. And this is the problem. The moment you hand the keys over to Satan, once you enroll in the university of finding out who your enemy is, you've just crowned him worthy of your time, worthy of your focus. He's not worthy of our focus. Jesus is worthy of our focus. In Jesus' name. We exercise authority over spirits, all types of spirits, in the name of Jesus. Because we are the very expression of Jesus Christ on the earth. We are the very expression of the Son of God walking the earth. Number four. So we've seen number one, power over self. Number two, power over nature. Number three, power over spirits. Now, number four is important to understand the difference because it's about power over men, power over human beings. Now, now the word here is important to note that we do not exercise power over people, but we have power with people. The word changes there. So, if you notice, God's dominion mandate did not include people. He did not say, let, let them have dominion over each other. He said, let them have dominion over all created things, and they are out there. So, man's duty to each other is not to do dominate each other or to rule over each other. Uh, the dominion of spheres and structures in, in society is meant to be an expression of God's rule. So, the king must hold the rod of the Lord. Um, rulers and authorities on earth are meant to express God's law and steward God's principles and to defend the community in servant leadership, not in domination, manipulation, and control. Please understand, when you try to dominate people, you are breaking a rule, you are breaking a law. We are not to have dominion over people. But we have dominion with people. We have favor with people. The do dominion over man, the do domain that we have over the human sphere is the domain of favor, mm, winning people's favor. 
winning people's honor, winning people's commitment, winning people's support, winning people's respect. And it's an area of domain, my friends. <laughs> it's an area of domain. To serve, to labor, to perform, to excel to the point that people learn to honor you and to respect you and to trust you. Hmm? These are areas of domain and dominion. So we don't dominate over people, but we exercise influence over people. Another key word is leadership. Leadership. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 describes Jesus growing up as an earthly man. He said, uh, not Luke 11, but Luke 2.52. If you have Luke 2.52, it says, And Jesus grew in favor. Hmm? Bible says, look, uh, Jesus grew in favor with man and God. He grew in favor with man and God. Favor with man and God. Favor with man and God. And you see in the political sphere, when leaders are being elected, they seek the favor of the people because the power belongs to the people. The power of the president is a compounded power that many people in the world, in the nation, cast their vote and decree their submission to one man, to a ruler, to a party. And so that person becomes an expression of the compounded authority of a population. And that must be expressed back through service and blessing because it is a stewardship. It's not an opportunity to oppress and abuse. And so you see, even in the Church of Acts, and I didn't find that verse, but it talks about how the church in Acts had favor with all men. They had favor with men because God was moving powerfully amongst them. And so I put it to you, friends, that it is important for you to pursue favor with men. Because Jesus grew in that area. A disciple grows in favor and in influence, in finding honor, in finding respect, in finding trust. Because you do things well. It was said of Jesus, whatever he does, he does it well. <laughs> oh, the cities would rejoice when he arrives. Jesus, Jerusalem, even Jerusalem, the stubborn city, danced and rejoiced. Blessed is he who comes. In the name of the Lord, because he was doing good wherever he was, healing all the sick and declaring the kingdom of God. I want to, to close with power with God. Power with God. You see, even that is a domain. <laughs> it's a domain. It's a domain. God wants us to please him. It's an area of dominion. Jesus, help us. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please him without faith. You can dance and clap. God is saying, where is the faith? You can dress up. God is saying, where is the faith? What impresses me 
is being convinced of realities that are not as though they are. What impresses me is when people are able to, to see the invisible and touch the intangible and be persuaded by, by things that are not yet as though they are. God Almighty, we cannot influence God unless we move Him by faith. What touches the heart of God and impresses Him? His understanding is by, by faith all things came to being. That all things were made out of the invisible. We need to learn to walk persuaded of these realities because that is influence with God. Influence with God. And throughout the world, uh, throughout human history, from the book of Genesis, God has been faith hunting. And so, when Cain and Abel light a fire, God looks down and says, uh-huh, uh-huh, let me see, who of these guys is expressing faith? And he found, Bible says, by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. God was not looking for smoke. He was not looking for fire. He was not looking for stones. He was not looking for a produce. He wasn't looking for the monetary value of the sacrifice. He was looking for faith. Faith moves God. Faith touches God. Faith impresses God. Faith gives you power with God. And uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Smith Wigglesworth is famously said, uh, quoted to have said that... um, if God won't move, I move him. I move him. How does he move God? He moves him by faith, by aligning uh, with the principle of faith and, and touching God in special new ways. Ah, the Bible has examples of people who moved God. Abraham moved God. He had power with God. Ah, let's go further. Before we touch Abraham, let's um, let's start there. Cain and Abel. The Bible says Abel offered a better sacrifice than his brother Cain. Yeah, and by it he received a good report that he was righteous. Mm-hmm. And though he's dead, he still speaks. He still speaks. Then you come down. And the Bible says, God decided, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to wipe everybody from the face of the earth. Then the Bible says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God boasts of him. And he says, there's none like him in the earth. And God spares him and his family. And gives humankind another chance. Because Noah had power with God. And you come further. Abraham had power with God. God, uh, um, if uh, you have Genesis 18, verse 17, um, God is preparing to kill, wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah because the evil of the city had reached heaven. And God says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? I can't. (laughs) God was sneaking around with angels, with matches to set the, (laughs) if you can imagine that, with matches to set a city on fire. Then he thought, oh my God, I can't do it without reporting to Abraham. I can't. Abraham had power with God. God said, can I hide this from Abraham? 
That's Genesis 18, verse 17 to 19. Seeing, seeing that he would instruct his children. Hmm? This man was an instructor. This man was a generation raiser. And God said, I cannot bypass him. I must declare what I'm about to do to him. And Abraham detains God for several hours, questioning him, asking him what he's about to do, negotiating with him. Moses had power with God. We see that in Exodus 32, uh, verse, uh, I think from verse 10 to 14, as Moses contends with God. And says, when God says, stand back, Moses, I'm about to destroy these sons and daughters of Israel. Let me destroy them all. And Moses says, don't you dare, God, destroy these people. How will it be hard amongst the nations? Hmm? Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against uh, these people? And uh, later it says that um, uh, uh, God repented. <laughs> hmm? It's an incredible Incredible uh, verse when you read it. I'm going to try and, and, and see if I can. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Uh, the, new, the old King James said the Lord repented. How? He was moved by Moses. May God make you a God mover. May, may you become a God mover. May you have influence and power with God. There are four, five areas that we must continue to grow in power, uh, in, in, in control. And um, I just want to leave it in your hands tonight, friends, as we come to the end. Number one, power over yourself. Number two, power over nature. Number three, power over spirits. Number four, power with people. And number five, power with God. My goodness. If that's on offer, it's worth pursuing, it's worth chasing. That's what we want to develop and grow. Um, I just, um, um, I'm concerned when, when there's no spiritual ambition in the church. <laughs> I mean, um, there are people who have said, Pastor, I just cannot afford to do discipleship class. I'm too busy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, you've got it the wrong way around. Because you are too busy, you need discipleship. Because it will speed the work of your hands. And we understand how busy people are. And so because of that, we are going to try and make it possible. For those who are particularly busy, people who are raising multiple children on their own, and they have to do a lot more. They do a nine to five. Of course, all these things are important. A part of them are a trap. It's a trap of the devil to keep us so busy on earthly assignments that we have no time for spiritual journeys, and that we have no 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 ability to stop long enough to attend to the issues of dominion that God created us to function in. So may God enable you, friends, even at this last minute. The link was posted out to you. Get on board. We have a journey to go. Uh, as I close, I'm encouraging you to just close your eyes. Take a deep breath. 
And remember you are created for dominion. Remember you are created for dominion. And we all have our battles. We all struggle with rebellious areas uh, that refuse to, to submit spheres of life, financial spheres, health spheres, employment spheres, things that escape. But the point is at the point of your weakness is when you should remember your strength. Don't sit in the mud and think, oh my God, I failed. Get up. Dust yourself down and remember that you are a ruler. Remember that you are a ruler. Remember that God invites you to rule and to reign with him in heavenly places. So may God bless you and equip you and empower you. Father, we thank you. Today we put on the robes of rulership. We put on the, the crown of rulership. We ascend the throne of our dominion and we pick up the scepter of rulership in the name of Jesus. In every sphere where there has been rebellion, when our own minds have rebelled and our bodies have rebelled, we bring those areas into subjection right now in the name of Jesus. We declare dominion again. We renew our rule. We renew our dominion, especially for such a time as this, that you may be manifested, Lord of our spheres, Lord of our world. And God's people said, Amen and Amen.